Welcome to Deckert's Committed Capital. This is an episode of Sidecar, a special bite-sized discussion of the latest market issues. Hello and welcome to Committed Capital Sidecar, Deckard's series of bite-sized podcast episodes giving quick updates on developments affecting private equity practice. My name is Christian Matteris and I'm a partner in Deckard's private equity group. And my name is Daniel Rubin, and I am a professional support lawyer in the Corporate and Securities Group at Deckard. And with today's episode, we want to kick off what we hope will be a regular feature on this podcast, which is to hold conversations about new and important court decisions with implications for day-to-day PE transactional practice. And the first case on the docket for us is Arwood versus AW Site Services, a decision issued by the Delaware Chancery Court on March 9th, confirming that Delaware is a pro-sandbagging state. So before we get into the particulars of the decision itself, Christian, why don't we set the stage and review what we talk about when we talk about sandbagging? Sure. So sandbagging is a colloquial phrase that refers to the concept of a buyer closing on an M&A transaction, even as it knows that the seller or sellers are in breach of one or more of the rest of warranties set forth in the purchase agreement, only to then have the ability to turn around after the closing and bring an indemnity claim for a breach of rep and warranty. Basically, there's three ways you can deal with this issue in a purchase agreement. Uh, one is to include a pro-sandbagging provision. The other is to include the flip side of that, which is an anti-sandbagging provision. And the third is to simply remain silent and leave the topic alone. Uh, Dan, do we have a sense of which approach uh, prevails in the market? I have my own kind of anecdotal assumptions based upon my negotiations, but it'd be great to uh, get a sense of what you're seeing in the market data. We do. We do have some data on this. For starters, we have the most recent ABA private target M&A deal point study, which covers private M&A deals with public company buyers from 2020 and the first quarter of 2021. And according to their survey, only 29% of deals included a pro-sandbagging provision and only 2% included an anti-sandbagging provision. And 68%, more than two-thirds of deals, were silent. And in fact, that number has actually increased over time. I also went ahead and looked at 50 of the most recent private M&A deals are filed publicly where the seller or target uh, stays on the hook post-closing for some of its reps. And of those 50, I found 32% with pro-sandbagging provisions, 10% with anti-sandbagging, and the remaining 58% staying silent. So that's 58% silent out of a sample of deals where we know that there is some post-closing exposure for the seller. So what we know is that most of the time, parties decide to leave sandbagging alone and stay silent in the agreement. But Christian, here's the thing. If you're doing a deal with Delaware governing law and you stay silent on sandbagging, for a long time, the thinking among sophisticated parties and sophisticated counsel was that you're actually making the buyer quite happy. Isn't that right? That's right. I guess I'd say happiness is in the, the eye of the beholder. Uh, but yeah, you know, at least that's what was always assumed to be right. Um, that silence gave the buyer the flexibility to bring a claim, even if it knew uh, or should have known that it had uh, a claim because uh, the statements made in the purchase agreement were false. Uh, the standing assumption is that, therefore, Delaware is a pro sandbagging state. Um, that was grounded in, you know, on the basis of a couple of different basic concepts. One, you know, first and foremost, Delaware is a state that honors the contractual bargain 
and and two reliance which is really an element of a claim um if it's not a pro-bagging state um is something that's really more an element of a tort concept as opposed to uh, an element of a breach of contract claim so despite that logic you know the fact is that the delaware judiciary had really ever directly addressed this issue um there was a case from about 15 years or so ago now in which the court noted that the parties really had the the option and the opportunity to allocate risk however they they saw fit and and basically that case seemed to come across as a fairly robust statement in favor of sandbagging pro sandbagging but even that decision went on to emphasize that the particular purchase agreement at hand uh, had pro sandbagging provisions in it and therefore the seller you know could not turn around and tell the buyer that it, it could not bring a claim based on a breach of the seller's reps so what we've really lacked is an explicit statement by the Delaware judiciary to the effect uh, that you don't even need a pro sandbagging provision in order to you know, quote unquote sandbag but like i said that was 15 or so years ago uh, and for quite a while the market has kind of presumed that delaware was reliably a pro sandbagging um, state but a couple of years ago in 2018 the delaware supreme court kind of threw a bit of a monkey wrench into the works and i say that because in the eagle force holdings llc versus campbell case the court kind of snuck a footnote into the decision, and, and that footnote had um, some language that was rather interesting, so I'll, I'll quote it. Uh, quote, unquote, the, the court stated that it acknowledged the debate over whether a party can recover on a breach of warranty claim, where the parties know that at signing, certain of them were not true, and that, quote, unquote, we have not yet resolved this interesting question. So the court specifically stated that the issue is not resolved. And it called into question and created a little bit of uncertainty in the market. That said, it seems as though the market didn't really internalize that as the position being anything other than what the market presumed it to be. And the data you mentioned seems pretty consistent with that as well. Uh, purchase agreements didn't necessarily show an uptick in pro sandbagging provisions. Uh, but that brings us to the, the case at hand, uh, this month's Arwood decision. Yeah, it does. Uh, in Arwood, we had a perfect sort of laboratory test of whether buyers should be permitted to sandbag, irrespective of whether or not there is a pro-sandbagging provision in the agreement. And that's because the case involved a deal where the seller had no financial records of any kind, didn't know how to prepare them, and basically invited the buyer to come do as much due diligence as it needed to prepare its own financials and value the business accordingly. So, if you've ever been in a negotiation where a seller said to the buyer, uh, you've performed so much due diligence, you know the business as well as I do, that was probably never more true than in this deal here. So it's the perfect kind of scenario to think about, can a buyer sandbag even when it knows that much about the business? And yet, it turned out that the seller had managed to defraud the buyer by concealing a massive fraudulent billing scheme. So the buyer sued both for fraud and for indemnification as a result of the breach, uh, breach of the purchase agreement, namely breach of the reps regarding the financial condition and lawful operation of the business. So we'll focus on the indemnification claim here. The indemnification claim is based on a theory of breach of contract. So the seller raised a sandbagging defense, right? They knew, why should they be indemnified? And the court 
Vice Chancellor Slights had the parties brief the issue, and the court asked them to basically address like what is the current state of the sandbagging defense under Delaware law in light of the Eagle Force decision that Christian mentioned a moment ago. And having reviewed the party submissions, the court pretty much decided, yes, don't worry, it's what you thought, Delaware is a sandbagging state. And the reasons the court gave are really the reasons that we've been discussing, that that Delaware is a contractarian state that respects the bargain that parties strike, whether good or bad, wise or unwise. And if reliance is not an element of a breach claim, if if that's a tort concept, it does not matter that the buyer was not actually relying on the accuracy of the seller's reps. Now, to the extent that that leaves a bad taste in some people's mouths, to the extent that it comes off as vaguely unethical, the court was talking about this, or that it's bad legal economics to incentivize buyers to hold on to information so that they can extract a payment after the closing. Um, Christian, the court addressed those arguments too. Yeah, that's right. And I think the court basically acknowledged what we as practitioners kind of see every day, which is... While it may be unsettling on the one hand to allow a buyer to to wait for the closing to bring an identification claim thereafter, this is really just about the larger context of the negotiation of a transaction and all the puts and calls and various provisions that get negotiated back and forth. So at the end of the day, uh, it's just what negotiations are about, and it really comes down to, to risk allocation. And the court is acknowledging that, and that's consistent with the market practice that we're we're seeing these days. Um, so, you know, if the seller signs off on a deal with an allocation of risk one way or another, uh, as you noted earlier, Delaware is a state that really honors the party's ability to contract. The court's not going to impose a, a different standard. Right. So we've kind of been going along with an assumption that sellers have some exposure to post-closing claims in the form of indemnification, which up until, say, 10, 12 years ago was almost always the case in private M&A deals. But of course, nowadays, it's probably more common than not in PE deals for the buyer to obtain reps and warranties insurance coverage. Christian, what does reps and warranties insurance mean for the issue of sandbagging? You know, Dan, that, that's an astute observation, particularly in the PE space. You know, rep and warranty insurance is becoming nearly ubiquitous. Sandbagging is less of an issue in an insured deal, particularly one where uh, it, the seller is about full what's called walkaway, right? Uh, because the insurer is not going to cover breaches that the buyer is aware of, regardless of the sandbagging provisions negotiated uh, between the, the buyer and the seller. This could you know, still be something of an issue, particularly if the sellers retain some post-closing obligations. But oftentimes, the, the retention, if you will, is not particularly significant uh, in light of the total possible exposure within the context of deal dynamics. And therefore, uh, I'm not seeing this as a hotly debated item, uh, at least to the extent it perhaps used to be. Right. So I think there's one thing left for us to discuss here. We've been talking about sandbagging under Delaware law, which is the most common governing jurisdiction for complex M&A and private equity deals. But of course, it's a big country. Not every state takes the same approach that Delaware does, right? No, that's exactly right, Dan. It's a really good observation to make, and it's worth keeping in mind. Some states are pretty clearly anti-sandbagging, in fact, so states like Texas, California, Colorado, Uh, Then there's other states where it's really a bit nuanced. Uh, The state of New York, for example, it's a little harder to peg 
uh, where New York falls between pro and anti sandbagging. I would say New York doesn't really fit neatly into either a pro or anti sandbagging uh, bucket. So bottom line, what's really important um, and what it boils down to is you got to keep in mind the fact that there are subtleties in the law. Um, subtleties in the law really come down to you know, what law governs, understanding that, be able to issue spot and make sure you have informed conversations with your client. And you have to keep the larger picture in mind. Um, but for now, it looks like we have a little bit more clarity, at least where Delaware stands. Indeed. Good stuff. To our listeners, if you found today's discussion interesting, please do not hesitate to reach out to your usual Deckard contacts with any specific questions. You can also subscribe to our news reports, which are a great source of information on recent developments. You can find all of our resources at Deckard.com, including other Committed Capital podcast episodes as they become available. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Deckard's Committed Capital. Please subscribe, and for more information, visit Deckert.com.